What's up, guys? My name is Leif Arneson, and you're listening to episode 39 of the Vegan Gym Podcast. My brother and I are vegan fitness coaches and bodybuilders who started this podcast as part of our mission to show the world that vegans are strong, healthy, compassionate badasses who are leading the charge against chronic disease, animal abuse, and climate change. We've had the opportunity to help thousands of vegans reach their fitness goals, but we're just getting started. Our goal is to help 1 million vegans get into the best shape of their lives. So if you believe in challenging the status quo and showing the world how badass veganism really is, then this podcast is for you. With that, I'd like to introduce my brother, my co-host for this podcast, Anders. What's going on, man? What is going on, guys? Dude, I can't believe we're on 39 already. Yeah, and it's going all quick. Th- all thanks to you guys. You know, you guys are the listeners, and you keep us motivated to keep on pushing out some content. Yeah. So, like we said last podcast, we want to keep showing the love to you guys, and I have, for you, two more reviews to read, okay? So, uh, the first one is from Walter Plant. He says... Uh, if you're looking for an informative podcast to listen to, you came to the right place. These guys really break it down into actionable steps that are necessary for creating a fit lifestyle. These guys are really helpful and obviously love what they do. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, super pumped to have uh, found these guys who locked down a lifetime follower. I'll be sure to tell everyone I know to check out this podcast, whether vegan or not. Awesome. Power. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, and the second one comes from, hope I pronounced this correctly, Taylor. <laughs> Whether you are a longtime vegan, newly transitioned, or thinking of making the switch, Leif and Anders provide all the building blocks to help you on your journey. They'll answer all the questions you have, even the ones you can't even think of at the moment. So you will get the body that you want and eat the right foods. Not only that, but they teach you how to set goals for your fitness, nutrition, and life. I can't emphasize how important it is. We're nothing without accountability and understanding how to build our own personal warrior mindset. This podcast will change your life. Heck yeah. Boom. Warrior mindset. That's what we're all about. So yeah. awesome. Glad you guys have found tremendous value out of the podcast. And uh, that's why we do this. So, uh, so we're going to get into it today. And today we are talking about how to balance carbs and protein or carbs and fat and protein as a vegan and this is something that we get asked about all the time because uh, the main uh, issue that lots of people have or the kind of the main roadblock that lots of people have when they're trying to follow their macros or calculate their macros and and uh, track them from day to day they always seem to have issues with uh, with vegan protein sources that are also yeah. high in carbs and fats. Like if you look at a typical omnivorous diet that has lots of uh, animal products in it, things like meat, uh, especially lean cuts of meat, are very high in protein and pretty low in fat and pretty and have no carbs. So right. that's um, it's uh, it's kind of different to switch from that style of eating to going to uh, a plant-based it's a style of eating. It's a lot easier to track on, a, on an animal-based diet. <laughs> it can be. It, it depends on exactly what yeah. kind of foods that you're eating, uh, but it can be easier to like get your protein source. Like people, it's like specifically fat, specifically protein, specifically carbs. Pretty yeah. Much. You have like, yeah. you're like, Oh, get your protein. And then you're just like, Oh, grab a hunk of beef or something. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, that's all my protein. And now I have to worry about my carbs and fat. 
So uh, this is something that I really struggled with when I first went vegan. That's because I had been following a very meat-heavy diet that was uh, that was very high in kind of like lean protein sources. And then I would just eat all my carbs from things like rice or um, or vegetables and fruit. And then I would eat uh, fat from things like nuts and and uh, of course meat has some fat as well. But it was um, it's it was very different to go from that to a vegan diet. And uh, I didn't just go from there to a vegan diet. I went from there to a whole food plant-based diet that was really following uh, the typical like 80-10-10 approach, which means uh, 80% of your calories is coming from carbs, 10% of your calories is coming from protein, and 10% of your calories are coming from fat. And this is a diet that's really been popularized, especially in the vegan community, uh, by really well-known doctors like uh, Dr. T. Colin Campbell um, and also Dr. Douglas Graham. So those are two kind of health pioneers, and uh, and they're incredibly uh, intelligent. They right. have all the research to back up their claims, and I am n- in no way disputing the idea that a whole food plant-based diet uh, that's just full of raw fruits and vegetables is the healthiest diet in the world. Right. Like I'm not disputing that whatsoever, but I think that we can make a very healthy diet with better macros for achieving your fitness goals. Exactly. So that's basically what we're going to be talking about today. And, um, and I struggled a lot with that as I was going from one extreme to the other. And I, I did it overnight. I, I didn't uh, actually do like any transition period. I just uh, decided to make the switch overnight. Yeah. And, um, and for those who don't know, that's because I was diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer in uh, my senior year of college. Uh, and that was uh, a little over five years ago now. And I decided, you know what? Once I started looking to the research, I was like, you know what? Like this style of eating, this whole food plant-based diet, this is what I need to be focusing on because this makes the most sense. Like I understood the importance of like a holistic, like holistic healing. Yeah. And I decided you you came uh, to that after realizing like, I don't want to do chemo for any preventative measures whatsoever. Like the doctor said, recommended that's what you should Yeah. So I had surgery and then I uh, decided not to get chemo and radiation because I was like, there's... I found uh, a website, crispycancer.com, and uh, he has a he had a, a similar story. Uh, his cancer was much more uh, progressed than mine was, yeah. but but he had a similar story, and I could really kind of relate to that. and um, And I started kind of uh, tapping into what he was talking about, but uh, and and learning as much as I possibly could yeah. about um, uh, like holistic healing. But anyways, the point is I went from the uh, high-protein, meat-rich diet to a high, very high-carb, right. low-protein, low-fat diet. And again, while I do not in any way dispute the idea that um, this 80-10-10 style of eating that's focused on tons of uh, fruits and vegetables, I am in no way disputing that uh, could potentially be the healthiest diet in the entire world. 
I'm not disputing that, but if what if I am going saying for like maximum longevity, that's what you should be doing. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that we can still replicate the health benefits of that right. using a higher protein diet that happens to also really uh, allow us to achieve our fitness goals because a high protein diet is absolutely vital to maximizing muscle protein synthesis, which is the process of building muscle and also maintaining lean muscle mass while you are shredding down uh, and trying to uh, shred body fat. So it's important for both sides of it. So regardless of what your fitness goal is, it's, it's, uh, it's really helpful to eat a high-protein diet. And literally decades and decades of scientific and anecdotal research supports this notion uh, that a high-protein uh, intake is really vital. But um, that's why we want to talk about this because uh, things that are really high in protein – uh, in the in the plant kingdom, uh, tend to also be high in carbs and high in fat, or usually one or the other. Yeah. Um, so, for example, tofu. Like tofu is very high in uh, in protein. It's very rich in uh, in its amino acid profile. It's very good for uh, maximizing muscle protein synthesis and contributing to the muscle growth process. But it, uh, it's also high in fat, so then the calories go up a little bit, and, um, and then it's, it's not just – even though it is a protein source, I would consider it right. to be a protein source, it's also kind of a fat source as well. So how do you start balancing that in your diet? Um, well, this is basically my main tip here, and this is what we focus on uh, whether we're building a meal plan for ourselves or a meal plan for our clients Whenever we're building a meal, we start with a protein source. Yeah. So let's say it's tofu. We start with the tofu and then we get as much protein from tofu as we want to incorporate into the meal. And then we uh, balance the rest of the macros based on the macros we already have set aside for the tofu, which we're using for our main protein source. Right. So um, here are a bunch of uh, the best vegan protein sources. So we have things like lentils. Uh, we have things like black beans, pinto beans, kidney beans, chickpeas, uh, hemp hearts, uh, spirulina, tofu, tempeh, seitan, uh, TVP, which is textured vegetable protein. And that's uh, basically just defatted soy. It's like soy protein without all the fat. Yeah. Um, and then also protein powder. So soy protein powder, pea protein powder. Pea protein powder is typically uh, – that's kind of our favorite because uh, research has shown that it's uh, best for uh, – in terms of its amino acid profile, it's very – it's very digestible in your body, which means that your body can take more of the amino acids from that from uh, pea protein and use it to build new muscle. So yeah. it's it's highly digestible, meaning it has a very high protein quality. So I'm going to add anyways, edamame pasta to that, dude. Edamame <laughs> pasta is great, and yeah, edamame is great. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's like that soy, and uh, so it's also very high in fat. Uh, so we keep coming back to. Uh, this this idea that these foods, uh, while they are great protein sources, they are also high in carbs or high in fat. Let's take beans or legumes, lentils, for instance. Those are can be high in protein, but they also are high in carbs. Or something like uh, tempeh. It's high in protein, but it's also high in fat, just like tofu. Um, but there are a few like like seitan and TVP, the textured vegetable protein and protein powder, 
Those are three uh, vegan protein sources that are very high in protein, but also uh, very low in carbs and low in fat. So there are some sources and and people are uh, typically concerned about how processed food right. is. So, so somebody here's, vegans. <laughs> yeah, especially vegans. And it's true. And, and, uh, and some of those concerns are justified. Like the more processed the food is typically the less nutrition it really packs. Right. So that makes total sense. But the definition of processed is actually, um, it's really quite broad. Like if you do anything to the food at all, if you can it, if you freeze it, if you dry it, if you cook it in any way, it's processed. And, uh, and so the, there are obviously different degrees of processing. Right. So, um, so something like tofu, technically it's processed. I mean, you're taking a, a soybean and you're creating a block of tofu. So yeah. it is processed in some way, but I wouldn't really consider that to be a processed food. Uh, something like textured vegetable protein where you're taking uh, soy and you're removing the fat that might be considered a little bit more processed. Yeah. And then protein powder, uh, you're, you're uh, isolating the protein from a particular food source like hemp or rice or pea or soy, something like that. You're, you're, um, you're isolating that protein source and then you're adding back uh, maybe vitamins, minerals, uh, some sweeteners, flavorings and stuff. So in my opinion, that would be, that's fairly processed. Yeah. So there are different degrees and, uh, of processing. So that's definitely something to keep into, uh, kind of consideration as you build your meal plan. But, um, but you can find healthy versions of all of these foods. Like we, we focus on sourcing them from the right manufacturers who are using quality ingredients. Um, hopefully like organic ingredients. I use an organic, uh, protein powder right now yeah. and it's absolutely delicious. Uh, it doesn't have any, uh, like flavor, fake flavorings or fake sugar or anything. So so you can definitely uh, determine how much processed food you're going to be eating and to what degree that food is processed. But, uh, but the main point here is that you want to pick these protein sources, whether it's lentils or pea protein powder or anything in between. You want to pick that for a particular meal and then you want to build the rest of your meal around that protein source. So... For example, let's say that you pick tofu, which again is high in fat and high in protein. Uh, you don't really need any more fat or protein in that particular meal, so you can focus on just adding carbs. Yeah. So, for example, you can say, okay, I'm going to have some baked tofu uh, with a large salad, uh, some roasted vegetables with hopefully no oil. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we're not adding more fat, and, and oil is in no way uh, beneficial to Yeah, you can cook health. anything without oil. <laughs> you really can, and this is something We that, kind of found out in the past yeah. like two years, you know, it's right. like – Oh, you don't need oil to yeah. cook vegetables. Cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like with animal products. Society tells you you need animal products. Right. It's like you need oil to cook. Right. Well, actually you don't. You can it's very easy to cook oil free. You just have to figure out 
how to prepare the, the yeah. food so the, the way we do it real quick is just like with a little water or like vegetable broth yeah totally easy or some uh, it depends what meal you're making but uh some onions as well if you just um yeah if you just put onions in like a, a pot or a pan whatever then uh and you start sauteing them like they will release some uh i don't know onion juice <laughs> and you kind of use that as as onion some of the juice yeah but it's delicious like onion right. juice is great <laughs> so then you can kind of use some of that uh to actually uh create a stir fry or to uh do some anything else that you would with oil but but anyways so uh, let's say you choose the tofu, high in fat, high in protein. You don't need more fat or or protein, so you can focus on carbs. You can eat a large salad. You can add some rice. Uh, you can sweet potato. Yeah, some sweet potato, some roasted vegetables without oil. Like you can start building a meal around that based on the macros that you've already allotted to uh, the tofu. So yeah. that's like your main protein source, and then you build around that. And and that's what we found to be the best way of doing this. So uh, let's take another example. If I have lentils as my main protein source, that's high in protein, and it's also high in carbs. So maybe I tone back the carbs a little bit. I don't add the rice to my meal, but I'll add a large side salad, and uh, and then maybe I'll have some hummus. Yeah. Uh, because hummus is – it has some protein – uh, but it's also pretty high in fat um, and fairly low in carbs. So I'll add that in. And then I'm kind of like, based on what protein source I choose, I'm building the rest of my meal around yeah. that. So it doesn't matter what main protein source you choose. This can be done for in any different way. And you can add the foods that you like. And if you decide to prepare something a certain way, like you're, you just don't have like straight lentils, you have lentils with some sauce. Then you take that into consideration and say, okay, this sauce is part of the lentils, which is my protein source. So what else do I have after this? Yeah. And, um, and that's basically how we do it when we're trying to balance our macros. And it's very important to follow this uh, when you're cutting and bulking, uh, especially cutting, you know. But it's just like you want to be focusing on the protein because once you get that on, everyone that's like following this has some awesome fitness goal. And yeah. you want to be starting with that protein source. And it makes it so much easier to make sure that you have a balanced meal. Instead of like, oh, I have this leftover sweet potato. Let me do this. Like, get your protein source and then see how much of that sweet potato you can fit in there. Right. I'm glad that you bring that up because there is a difference when you're bulking versus shredding. Yeah. Not just for the calories, but actually for the types of meals you can eat. So, um, so if I'm shredding, I probably can't be eating tons of tofu with a side of rice right. and a baked potato and a huge salad and stuff. I might just have the tofu and the salad. And stuff. So you need to take the calories into consideration. And um, and also, maybe you're like, I don't actually have enough fat. Yeah. I, I don't have enough calories for all the fat in tofu. Then you say, okay, maybe I'm making textured vegetable protein burgers. Right. I'm making TVP burgers instead because that's very low in fat. And then I can have some more calories to play around with. Or, or maybe I don't have those calories anyways. So, um, so I just can't have calories to get yeah. fat 
I think a great example would be like a protein shake. You know, it's like yeah. if, if you're cutting, uh, we usually typically just have water and a, a scoop of protein, you know, yeah. and it's just the, the pretty much just protein. Uh, right. And, and you, you need to find the right protein powder true, for that because there lots are, of people are probably hearing <laughs> that and like, ew, that's gross. Right. And if you if it have was the just, wrong protein powder, it is gross. <laughs> right. <laughs> if it was just regular pea protein, uh, yeah, please don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would uh, be miserable. And, and – uh, on the other side of just taste, you know, it's like you have to look at those calories too in those protein powders. Like you have a somewhat higher calorie dense protein powder yeah. and I have a more macro friendly protein exactly. powder. So there's so many things that you guys can be looking for uh, when you're going grocery shopping. Uh, like look at the nutrition facts. I think that's where it ultimately should start and look at that protein. Like focus everything on protein and all the uh, – accessories that you're going to be putting into your meal okay like there it's it's crazy to go through the store and you see one type of food uh by this brand and another type of the same type of food with another brand but the macros are completely different yeah so look around guys don't just grab the first one like there's probably an, a better and more macro friendly uh food that's the exact same ingredient that you're looking exactly for. yeah so it, it i think it starts in the grocery store and then uh, you bring it home you focus on that protein content and then you can work from there but kind of getting back to, I kind of went on a side tangent there. But getting back to the protein shake, it's like if you're if you're cutting, you might just have the protein powder and water. If you're bulking, maybe you can add a banana to that or some soy milk. Right. And right. that you just you start on the bottom layer, which is the water and protein powder, and then you can work from there. With yeah, the those cal- are vital. <laughs> and then you can work from the from there to see what else you can include in that. If it's exactly. just a banana, cool. Uh, if you have like. 300 calories, a banana, and a cup of uh, soy milk, awesome. Yeah. So it's just fo- like focusing, like you said, focusing on the protein content. And that's for any meal a day, not just your your lunch and dinner. It's breakfast too and uh, your protein shakes. Yeah. Yeah, and so then you work backwards. You say, these are the total macros I have. Yeah. What can I have for my post-workout shake? Or what can I have for my lunch and what's going to work best for my schedule too. Like, uh, there are lots of factors to take into consideration, but so much fun. Yeah. But it is a lot of fun to go. (laughs) It's like, it's a game, you know, it's just like, okay, so I have X amount of protein left. I can have this at this time, this at that time. And you kind of work from there. Um, A lot of people think like, Oh, that's a headache. But once you actually start doing it, you start to enjoy it. And you're like, it's like a puzzle. You're putting all the puzzle pieces together. It's like, how can I be uh, a little bit more creative with this? And what, oh, can I fit this in? And you'll see yourself, if, if you think that you're going to dread it in the beginning, sure, maybe the first day or two to get the hang of it. But then you're going to start like, ooh, can I fit, ooh, look at this. And yeah. You're going to start looking at all the nutrition facts in the grocery store and wanting to try all of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah speaking of like looking for other foods in the grocery store, um, lots of, there are lots of vegans who are like, fake meats are terrible for you. And I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. But then there are lots of vegans who are like, maybe junk food vegans who like only eat that super yeah. processed stuff. So I think there can be a hel- a healthy balance there as well. That's not something that we try to eat much of. Uh, in uh, fact, and we do on occasion. And yeah, we do on occasion. super macro friendly too. Right. And, and that's what I was going to get at is that lots of those fake meats tend to be super macro friendly, yeah. even though they're pretty processed, they're very macro friendly. So if you're uh, focusing on fat loss, uh, those can actually be very beneficial if you have a high protein take, 
a high protein intake that you need to hit for the day, but you also have a low calorie right. uh, uh, allowance, then you need to be adding some foods that are very high in protein but low in fat and carbs. Exactly. When I'm dying down for a show, I mean, I, I usually incorporate that a little bit every single day. And yeah. it just helps out with the protein. It and, certainly does. And it's like protein powder. It's like you just yeah. throw that in to kind of like exactly. fill in the gaps. It's like, oh, I have some uh, right. uh, veggies here uh, steaming. I'll just throw this in and I'll yeah. add more protein. Yeah. So I, I think there is a time and place for it, but I think you can also eat too, way too much of it. Oh, you can. And and I think that can happen pretty quickly. So and your digestive system does not like it. Yeah, yeah. You definitely have to kind of play around and find uh, these fake meats that work for you specifically right. because, yeah, it can they can mess up your digestive system. There are many fake meats that I I can't even eat because yeah. they just don't agree with me. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll just keep it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um so another thing that I want to discuss in this podcast is is this idea that um that you really shouldn't kid yourself about what constitutes a protein source. I see this happen all the time. Uh, vegans are talking about like, oh, you can get protein from bananas. Like you can get <laughs> you can get all your protein from fruit. Don't worry about yeah, it or like something. Yeah, like 1.5 grams. Yeah, you can't <laughs> – obviously uh, fruit actually has protein. If you didn't know that, yes, fruit has protein. Bananas do have protein, but it's like a gram per banana, okay? Yeah. So I'm shooting for 180 grams. I'm not going to eat 180 bananas. <laughs> right. Like I'll probably go a little bit over my calories. So yeah. so like that's an obvious example. Like this is not a protein source. But then there are some other ones that are more in a gray area. Um, things like nuts and seeds. Yeah. Most people would say, oh, well, lots of vegans would say. I shouldn't say most, but lots of vegans would say, uh, yeah, nuts and seeds. Those are high in protein. They're a protein source. I uh, I would actually disagree. I would say that they're a fat source uh, because they're significantly higher in fat. And when you look at their, uh, in, if you look at their calorie breakdown for uh, fat versus protein, it's yeah. they're totally a fat source. Like they're very high in fats. And yes, they do have a little bit of protein. And yes, you do add that to your daily protein totals as you're going through and calculating your macros. But I wouldn't build a an entire meal yeah. around almonds. <laughs> I, I think most of the people that say that are people that have never tracked before. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And and there is nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong. If you're not going to track and you're just like, I'm going to eat very, a whole food plant-based diet, uh, a vegan diet that, that has tons of fresh fruits and vegetables, awesome. Like, yeah. go ahead and do that. That's amazing. And, and your health is going to thank you for it. For that, but I think we can also build a very healthy diet that's high in protein, so it really uh, allows us to achieve our fitness goals, right. and that's what we're all about. So we try to balance the two. We don't want to go. We don't want to just focus on health. We want to build the physique of our dreams as well. So, uh, so that's one example. Nuts and seeds. Another example that's perhaps more controversial is quinoa. Like in yeah. my opinion, quinoa or even buckwheat, uh, couscous, some grains that happen to have a pretty good amount of protein in them, mm. uh, they're 
I wouldn't consider them to be protein sources. I would consider them to be carb sources. Yeah. As and good as they are, it's so difficult to fit into your macros. Yeah, it can be very <laughs> difficult to fit into your macros. And it's it works very well to have tofu with some quinoa. Right. Because then you're still adding to your protein total while adding some carbs. Instead of saying, okay, I'm going to have tofu and rice. You say, I'm going to have tofu and exactly. quinoa. And you're still building up your protein intake. That's awesome. That works. But I wouldn't say, okay, my main... Part of this meal is quinoa, and now let me add some carbs like rice to it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that – it doesn't work that way. So in my opinion, although nuts and seeds and quinoa, stuff like that, although they are fairly high in protein and they're great sources of many vitamins and minerals and they're delicious, that doesn't mean that they're a dedicated protein source that you should build your meals around. So – um, Think of them as like secondary protein sources. <laughs> yeah, they're secondary protein sources or nuts and seeds are a primary fat source yeah. or uh, quinoa is a primary carb source. Exactly. That's, that's more of how I would think about it. And uh, and as another note, yes, all of those are complete proteins. Uh, the whole fallacy of incomplete proteins is so pervasive in the vegan world, but it's entirely false. Uh, All of these foods are complete protein sources. The only difference is uh, they're different proportions of the essential amino acids. So that's what people are talking about when they're talking about complete proteins. And if you say quinoa is not a complete protein source, you are wrong. If you say nuts are not a complete protein source, you are wrong. It just might not have the optimal amino acid profile for building muscle. So with that being said, like... Like all these sources, they have protein, uh, and it again, it totally counts toward your macro totals, but they don't have enough protein to be the center of a meal, right. in our opinion, if you have serious health and fitness goals. So, um, so that's another uh, topic that I just wanted to be sure to squeak into this podcast because it's a very important distinction, and I think a lot of vegans get that wrong. Right. Um, I used to get that wrong all the time, and and it really made it difficult for me to hit my uh, high protein macros. Right. Luckily, I didn't because you were there to guide me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, I used went vegan kind of right after I really got the hang of it, right. like the diet parts. And before that, I was really struggling. But uh, yeah, thankfully, you had you could learn from all my past I, I, failures. I would have been <laughs> so incredibly lost because yeah. I like I was a, I was literally a meat and potatoes type of guy. Yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, yeah, it was super helpful to have you along yeah. the journey. <laughs> well, that's why we do this. That's why we do the podcast. That's yeah. why we do videos because we know other whether you've been vegan for a week or you're considering going vegan or you've been vegan for twenty seven years. Like you can still be in the same trap where you're not really understanding how to uh, yeah. how to eat and even work out. Like that's something we talk about a lot to to get all the pieces in place for you to really be uh, achieving your fitness goal. So um, so yeah, I hope that you guys uh, I agree with that and find value in that way. Um, and uh, and there's one more thing that I want to talk about before we close out this podcast and. Um, 
And that's kind of taking a slightly different approach. This might be uh, maybe a more advanced approach or this just my requires, approach. requires a little bit more planning. Um, so the first approach, the one that I recommend usually, is that you pick a protein source and you build the rest of your meal around it. Yeah. There's another way of doing it where you pick the meal that you want and then you build the protein into that meal. So it's all about taking uh, vegan res- uh, maybe non-vegan recipes – Making them vegan and making them really protein friend, pro, high in protein, like yeah. macro friendly. And when we talk about macro friendly, we're saying it's high in protein and relatively low in carbs and fat. Yeah. That's essentially what we mean. So, uh, so that's kind of the second approach that we can do. And um, and and the first approach is fun. This is even so much more fun to yeah. make, make it however you want. Okay, exactly. guys. So um. <laughs> So, for example, if you want to eat lots of uh, lots of high carb, low protein foods like uh, fruits or vegetables and stuff, then you should also eat lots of high protein, low carb foods to kind of compensate uh, things like protein powder and stuff. So, for example, um, I love eating oatmeal. Okay, oatmeal is one of my favorite foods to eat. And, uh, and it's, it has some protein, like oats are a fairly good source of protein, but it's kind of like quinoa. It's, it's that, a carb it's a source. Secondary. Yeah, it's a carb <laughs> source, but it's a secondary protein source. And, uh, and so what can I do to improve that? I like eating oatmeal with some fruit. So I'm just doing like carbs on carbs. Yeah. So how do I make that more macro friendly, meaning higher in protein? Well, I just add protein powder and I make it protein oatmeal. So there's one example. Or if I want um, if I want to just have a snack of some fresh fruit, then I'll have some fresh fruit and then I'll have a protein shake or something yeah. at the same time. So uh, that's uh, something I'll focus on uh, whenever I'm trying to kind of build a meal. But there are also uh, different examples of this. So for example, Anders loves eating macro-friendly pizza. He loves making it and eating it, oh, the, and I love eating I, it too. I, I love <laughs> just making macro-friendly meals and trying all these different toppings and stuff like that. So uh, it's traditionally, obviously, the pizza is just dough, sauce, and vegan cheese or whatever. We don't do that, but yeah. a lot of people like the vegan cheeses and vegetables, which what is all that? And that's carbs on carbs on carbs, yeah. right? So uh, it's sometimes we add um, – some mock meats on top or we add vital wheat gluten into the dough to add more protein content to yeah. the meal or we eliminate uh we don't do vegan cheese but we eliminate vegan cheese and just have like sauteed uh onion and broccoli on top with a mock meat so it makes it that much more macro friendly so there's things that you can swap out and add on top to really reverse uh, the uh, ratios and uh, make it an actual good protein source. And it's it's a food that you'll really enjoy. And something that I've been really hooked on lately is making macro-friendly pancakes. Uh, yeah. I've been, I think I've literally had it every single day for the past week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's in, traditionally uh, pancakes are just uh, wheat, well, like wheat flour. Yeah. And which to, is just straight carbs. Which basically. is literally straight carbs. Oh, uh, it has some protein, but it's pretty much straight carbs. Okay. It's a it's secondary. <laughs> I, I would call that even a tertiary <laughs> tertiary protein. Exactly. <laughs> so to make it more macro friendly, I fi- I found like the right ratio between uh, wheat flour and vital wheat gluing on top of protein powder added into it. So I I took it from 
practically just a carb source to majority of it being a protein source, which is phenomenal. And then you add like some blueberries inside and then you uh, put on, I don't know, whatever you want, like applesauce on top or something like that. And then that's super macro friendly. And you can literally do this with any type of meal. Um, But those are specifically two meals that I make on a regular basis. Yeah, and they're delicious, and you really can't taste the difference. No, there's no like difference. There, there the, is, the consistency uh, is a little yeah, different. The consistency is a little different, but it's really uh, – it basically tastes the same yeah. with way better macros if you have like serious fitness goals. Yeah, so, and you can eat more of it. <laughs> exactly, and you don't really feel guilty about it. It's like making uh, some healthier – uh, treats and stuff that you can yeah. have. Another one uh, would be uh, macro-friendly chocolate nice cream. So nice cream is like a vegan version of ice cream that's made with frozen bananas. So you can use frozen bananas, add some unsweetened uh, soy milk for uh, some extra protein, um, and then you can also add some chocolate protein powder, and then boom, three ingredients, yeah. and you have some delicious macro-friendly chocolate ice cream. And... Um, and just to cover really quickly why we love protein so much, uh, for one, it's super convenient, uh, so it's fast and great on the go. It tastes great, uh, depending on the type of protein powder yes. you have. You have to have the right one. <laughs> Anders loves Plant Fusion, and I've been using uh, SB Organics Chocolate Protein Powder, which is absolutely delicious. I haven't but tried that one yet, but... Not- it's a little higher in macros, like Anders said earlier, but it's absolutely delicious, And then the last major benefit of protein powder is that it helps fill in your macros. Like you can, uh, it's, it's, uh, really easy to get high levels of protein with very little fat and carbs. So you can kind of fill in the gaps of your meal plan, uh, as a vegan. So those are, uh, kind of like our major hacks when we're trying to balance carbs and fat, uh, with protein. Uh, so we're making our meal plans. We're planning ahead. That's really what it all comes down to. It's just planning ahead and putting in some effort to uh, make sure that you are hitting your macro targets for the day. It's um, It might be a little confusing the first week or two, but yeah. trust me, once you do that and you are consistent with it, it just becomes like second nature. Yeah. And then that's where you can expand and uh, make a macro-friendly meal and like choose one offline. Like, oh, I, I think I can create that to be a macro friendly meal. So yeah. I think the best way is to start off. Like you said, life is to on step one is like focus on the protein source and then add around it. And then you can uh, work your way up to the more advanced level of creating your own meals and uh, working around that and making them more macro friendly. Yeah. So it's, it's so much fun and it is a lot of fun and, and it, it's, it's enjoyable. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I think we're all about, uh, like quick meals and stuff like that, which I think there's definitely a time and place for that. But it's it's always nice to uh, sit down and like create your own meal yeah. and, uh, and have a nice dinner. Well, most of my macro friendly meals are actually super fast. Yeah. Too. Like like my protein oatmeal, it literally takes me. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. It, it takes me less than five minutes to make it. 
So, so it, and so what I'm saying is like, if you really enjoy cooking, you can make it yeah, a, uh, an yeah. enjoyable process. Yeah, you like, can make it more gourmet. Like me and, and my, my pancakes and my pizza, yeah. like it, it doesn't take that long, but it takes a little bit, obviously longer than your protein oatmeal, yeah. but I enjoy doing it. So yeah. uh, you can still have a passion for cooking and still be macro friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so you find the protein source, then you uh, determine kind of what kind of recipe you're going to make and, uh, and just go from there and, yeah. and, uh, and pick things based on. Uh, the macros that you have to work with based on what foods you want to eat because at the end of the day, like fitness is all about sustainability. You need right. to be able to sustain this. And if you're eating foods that you think taste like crap, then you're not going to be, you're not going to last. Right. And, uh, and we're all about sustainable, uh, transformation. So that's, that's something that we really try to the, avoid. The amount of people that we have come to us saying, I can't eat broccoli and tofu for five meals a day. Yeah. <laughs> well, guess what? You don't have to. Yeah, exactly. So just like, just take these tips. I hope this was super helpful to you. So you can, you can take this information and start building uh, a meal plan that you love, that tastes great, that's super macro friendly. And um, I think that's going to be a wrap for this podcast. Do you have anything else? No, man. That's all it. All right. Awesome. So if, uh, if you've been listening for any length of time and you haven't left a review, please go ahead and do that on the podcast. If you found any uh, value in this episode at all, please go ahead and leave a review on whatever uh, podcast platform you're listening to this on. Uh, please also refer this podcast to a friend. Uh, I know lots and lots of vegans who uh, struggle with balancing their macros. And um, if you know someone like that, uh, please just take a minute and uh, and reach out to them with uh, a link to the podcast or just shoot them a text and recommend that they check this out. Because or if someone's telling you that you shouldn't be on a high-protein diet for your fitness goals. <laughs> yeah, like we have tons of episodes on that as well. So we can, we can teach you why you should be eating a higher-protein diet. But, but anyways, if you found value in this podcast, please refer a friend, um, and definitely, uh, leave a review. We, we super duper appreciate that. And we're going to continue doing, uh, shout outs, yeah. uh, review shouts on the podcast. So, um, so you'll, uh, get, uh, get a shout out, get a shout out on the podcast. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we hope that you guys have a freaking fantastic week. And until next time, keep challenging the freaking status quo.